Welcome to the Wildly Tarot Podcast bonus episode. Hey, Esther and Claire. Hi. Hello. (laughs) We're so excited to have you, Claire. It's been months and months and months. I know. I'm super excited. Oh, we're so excited to have you back again. Because I know that our listeners really, really loved you being on the episode and just getting to know you more our first time around. So this second time is just really going to be special. Yeah, we already got all of the Holly talking over you for an hour stuff out of the way in episode one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I guess we'll start with what is kind of new with you? Like what's been on the horizon? What have you been working on lately? I think the last time we talked was like right after you announced Memento Mori and now it's like here in our hands. I know. Honestly, I'm not working on anything, which is Yay! really different <laughs> for me. Congratulations, though. That so was exciting. really nice. It, it does feel really nice because like now I can kind of focus on everyone's feedback, which I okay. don't usually get to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also even like right now in the world, just saying, how are you doing feels like the dumbest question in the entire world. So being like, I'm so, I'm so excited that you don't have to be stressed out about getting anything new, like, you know, out of your living room and into the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this yeah. feel pretty nice. It's, it's a little weird for me, you know, cause I've been like going nonstop since 2015, I guess. Mm-hmm. So to not have any project or any deck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've been, you've kind of like for this year, it seems like because you have Arcane of Astrology coming out, Mm -hmm. Mass Market, like you're sort of letting other people take over some of the like small details. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I, so I think last time I was on with you, I talked about how weird it was to give up that control of like, when things are shipping and where they go and I have come around. I oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I am all for it. <laughs> I well I was thinking when you when right after Antique Anatomy came out and people mm-hmm. were like having all sorts of strong opinions about your cardstock, all I could think was like like we are such a small operation. The Wildly Tarot podcast has sold like 150 of our decks. And I love your deck. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, thank and you. that has had moments of feeling like so overwhelming and insurmountable. <laughs> yes. And Esther We're- and I were joking, like if uh, if any publisher, no matter what their reputation, came to us and said like, "Hey." we want to pick up your deck, I would be like, thank God. Like, somebody <laughs> like, please take, take it from us. Please. Yeah, exactly. We would love nothing more than for you to take this off our hands. <laughs> right. Yes. It's, so um, I totally get it. Yeah. It's so nice because like they can produce something that I cannot on my own. Yeah. Like I don't have that money behind me. I just don't. Right. But. Yeah. <sighs> it's so, just like scrambling. Yeah. I mean, they're these huge multinational corporations and we're just like people who like making things. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so tell us some more about the arcane of astrology going mass market. Like what has that process been looking like? Is it similar been similar to the antique anatomies process? And like when can we expect that to kind of start coming um, up more? Okay, so it's actually really different. So with the Arcana, I am working directly with Abrams, who handle the American version of Antique Anatomy Tarot. Okay. And they kind of let me have 
creative control, which is really cool. Like they actually trusted me to <laughs> have opinions on my own work, which is <laughs> imagine <nice>. that <laughs> surprise. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's a book. It's actually really similar to the Antique Anatomy Tarot. So like the same book, um, same kind of box with foil, but thicker cardstock. Yay! Is- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so nice. <laughs> Have you been getting that question a lot from people as you've sort of been like pushing or I guess like announcing and now you can even pre-order at various places? Mm -hmm. Like, have people been asking you about the cardstock like crazy? Yeah, I kind of. So every post I do now, I'm like make a little bet with myself on how long it's going to be until someone brings up cardstock. (laughs) It's usually like 20 seconds. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah so it's nice to be able to say like hey it is a cardstock more people are going to like yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. well I think that if anything that like this doing this podcast and like talking to our friends who've created decks has taught us is that there's always going to be people have really strong opinions about cardstock Mm -hmm. and there's like nothing that suits everybody exactly and so it's like (laughs) It's kind of impossible, but mm-hmm. I think that like being able to say it's thicker than the last mass market deck that had my name on it will right. be reassuring. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but some people are always going to want like coaster thickness oh, of God. cards, which <laughs> I know. I'm sorry if anyone is listening and that's what you like, but I, oh, I can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to manage. I know. And, like I've talked with Esther about this. Like I'm, I'm not a small person and I don't have small hands and I find really like beefy card stocks to be fairly difficult to shuffle. <laughs> oh, they are. And they like stick together in clumps and yeah. It- yeah. I know we have some uh, Wally Terror listeners who have problems with their hands at times. And so they're very thankful for those card stocks that are thinner mm-hmm. so they can actually shuffle them and actually have a relationship with that deck other than it being like a hardship <laughs> for them at all times. Because like, it, oh, it, yeah. people don't think of that sort of um, disability when you're thinking about tarot. So I know that right. some did express that they didn't mind your initial publishing of it because it was like, oh, it's a deck that I can use and I can shuffle yeah, without totally. any problems. Mm-hmm. Well, well you don't want good. your decks to hurt you. No. <laughs> Sometimes they can. I have grudges against some decks because yeah. they've hurt me before. Every single time I suggest reviewing the Raven, what is it? The Raven Crow Tarot. Oh, Crow Tarot. Sorry. You're like, no, it hurts me too badly. No, it hurts. I refuse to give this a good review because it hurts too much to shuffle. Oh. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. But you're also adding some additional cards to Arcana of Astrology. Yeah. Uh, 12 house cards, which is exciting. That's and so nice. Yeah. So like the book is like really beginner geared. So each card has a bit about astrology. So you can learn That's the basics, perfect. but mm-hmm. then also the oracle meaning so that, That's good. you know, if you don't feel like really thinking about the astrology too much, you can just use it as an oracle. Totally. Oh. I think that'll be really helpful because especially with the addition of the house cards, I feel like maybe this is just my own area of weakness talking, but that took me kind of a while to mm-hmm. like really wrap my head around. Yeah. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Because it just feels like you see your own chart and that's kind of what you're operating under. So like you, I think that like people who have Aries in their first house are like, doesn't everyone have Aries in their first house? Because it like (laughs) aligns naturally. So uh, that'll be so helpful. And I think also because the cards themselves are so pretty, it kind of gives that inroad (laughs) into people feeling more confident about it. Right. 
And yeah. your writing in the antique anatomy book, just about tarot in general, was so great that I feel like if that approachability and like comprehensiveness sort of mirrors itself mm-hmm. with Arcana, that's going to be really successful. I I mean, I hope it does. I like writing for like beginners. I don't know. I just yeah. enjoy it. I think not because it's not challenging because it is, especially trying to fit astrology to 96 pages that was <laughs> hard no. is this like a complex thing i don't know <laughs> i mean i hope it comes across like helpful to people who are taking it up and because it's not because basically like i was the first person to take astrology and put it in oracle format versus like there have been tarot decks that are astrology based but they're fitting astrology to a tarot archetype I think having it geared towards beginners is going to be helpful for like everybody totally because you originally published Arcana of Astrology the indie version obviously Mm -hmm. like five years ago longer Uh, it's been a while (laughs) I don't know (laughs) I think at the last time we recorded I had actual dates written down for all of these things but I did not do that today (laughs) I think probably four, but you could be right. I mean, you know my work better than I do. <laughs> I know. I'm the self-assigned Claire Goodchild archive here in Southern California. <laughs> I was not asked to do this. I just took it upon myself <laughs> and then forced you into friendship. So no, good job, I, me. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's like the most Torian thing about me. I'm like, come mm-hmm. to my bosom. Let's talk about your problems. <laughs> but see, I do. I do talk to you about my problems. <laughs> I know, and I like it. And I'm here for you. So that's why I'm so excited that we get to talk to you again about all this stuff. Because yeah. There just have been so ma- like so many updates since the last time we talked. Oh, yeah. Because we haven't even talked about how the cardstock for actual antique anatomy is changing, too. Yes, it is. Um, so well for the American version so now there are there's the UK version there's the American version or North American version Um, but now there's also a Spanish version Portuguese version Korean version and French because I have a copy of that yes (laughs) and I think Dutch is coming out so that's seven really how do they make those decisions about which languages they expand to I don't know I don't know. They don't even tell me. (laughs) You're just like finding out when they get listed on people's Amazon sites. Exactly. (laughs) But when Claire posted that there was a Korean version, I was like, what? And so I immediately looked and it was basically like a Korean Kickstarter. It had amazing extras. I was like, how did I miss this? Like, because like it had like journals and bookmarks and a little tin and a mini version. I was like, what? This is like the dream come true but it was only kickstartered and i haven't found like a actual listing to purchase it yet but it's like the exact same antique tarot book like it's called antique tarot basically right so it's it's the same exact book everything but just in korean and i'm like what so um i don't you know if you found any more information but probably more than i did i did um so i at quarto which they're the publisher that actually own the deck so they're the ones who decide like where it goes and and all Mm -hmm. that stuff um so the Korean version will be coming out at some point, like in stores. Okay. Um, but there was a few translation problems, I think. So they're <laughs> you like, should have gotten Esther involved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think they're just fixing that up and then hopefully soon. 
Okay, yeah, because there's like a tote, there's a cloth, a there's a journal, tote? there's, there's a bag. There is like, it's like swagged out. And I'm like freaking out because I'm like, where do I buy all this stuff? I don't want to miss out. It's like the worst FOMO ever. And with a deck that I already have like four copies of. <laughs> yeah. But I need the Korean version for reasons. You should contact the publisher, Esther. <laughs> well, it's all in Korean, so it's just like. Oh, that's life. true. <laughs> So I just keep stalking the hashtag every chance I get okay. just in case someone decides to sell their stuff. And mm-hmm. so. No, we got to get the tote, girl. I know. It's like a, it's like a fucking good tote. <laughs> oh, your art so is getting stressful. everywhere. It's really it's weird. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good, though. But I mean, because it was super popular here in Korea. It sold like tons of copies. Did it? For the Kickstarter. Yeah. Let me see. Um, it <laughs> yeah. sold 1,015 copies. Nice. Exactly. So in Korean, was, that's in cool. Korea. How many that's people live in Korea? <laughs> I don't even know. A couple million, <laughs> not thirty-eight like million like the U.S. president said, but <laughs> a little bit less than that. <laughs> that's a pretty awesome ratio. Wow. Yeah, yeah. that's so cool. That's super so, cool. Super I mean, cool. I know, like, this is going to sound so self-important but i'm really big in japan <laughs> oh and i really want them to like do a japanese version oh, you should so start cool. being a total diva and demanding to go on book tours like sorry i have I to go to, to asia for six months <laughs> oh that would be so good it would be so yeah. great <laughs> i'm sure you could get crowds i mean in japan i could yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> if you find that it is in Japan, just let me know and I'll get you a copy of it. Nice. Because, yes, because it's just like right over the, you know, sea. So yeah, <laughs> Actually, I... any decks that are only in Japan, Esther's a good person to... <laughs> I've been tracking down Hello Kitty for a while. Wow. So it's is just there... super expensive. Is there a Hello Kitty deck, really? Yes. It's Ooh. super expensive, though, and very hard to get. I don't yes. think that it's, it's like out of print everywhere except for Japan or something. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and like the, there was a tarot website, Tarot Garden, I think, that a wildling posted about mm-hmm. it, like there and in our Facebook group. And that deck is on this person's website, but it's 150 bucks. Oh, <laughs> and, my goodness. And it's no color at all. It's just black and white on paper stock. And I'm like, mm, that's not the real deck. That's probably like a fake. Right. Yeah. So, that's like wish.com. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> have you seen your any of your decks on something like wish uh no but i did see that someone uploaded the book as oh PDF. really yeah i always am curious about what the names are because the names obviously have to be different and so i'm thinking like if i remember remember correctly some uh, i'm never going to be able to come up with a fake name but it's always really funny to see how simplified they can turn <laughs> like like squiggly tarot for like something just so that they avoid having it be picked up by like internet sensors right yeah <laughs> oh my gosh yeah I wonder so they probably they're... call yours like bones or something just like probably. very straightforward black and bone tarot <laughs> yeah <laughs> probably that's actually totally right <laughs> don't get any ideas wish counterfeit people <laughs> Yeah, I wonder what the cardstock's like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I could 100% see some like areas of the tarot community being like, oh, the wish cardstock is better, so just buy the fake version. (laughs) (laughs) That would be so brutal. That would happen. That would happen to me. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, seriously. (laughs) 
And you're like, just when I thought I was getting like enough control over this to fix it, somebody like goes and undermines. <laughs> but you have a lot of like your Instagram following is not just people who are interested in the tarot stuff. You just mm-hmm. also have such like a good sort of spooky aesthetic that I think you're almost like getting people into tarot just by posting creepy old like dirigitypes of people. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, I feel like that's my purpose in life. <laughs> Life's mission. That's like, so great. Yeah. So the card stock. Uh, oh, yes. They get in stock on April 14th. Oh, dang. Oh. Yeah. Um, but with all this COVID stuff, I don't know if it's going to be a little delayed being up on yeah. like Amazon and Barnes and stuff, but it should be within the next week or two. Okay. That's Yay. exciting. Is yeah. there a way that people will be able to tell that it's the new cardstock or is it just kind of be like going to be like phased in? I mean, knowing my look, <laughs> uh, people will order and it'll be the old one. No. Um, <laughs> I think because like I checked Amazon before we started this call and it was sold out totally. So oh, I okay. Think, Perfect. okay. I think it's safe like forever. From now on, forever. Okay, <laughs> forever. That's smart to almost like reset it in that way so that there yeah. isn't any confusion. Totally. Right. Because it's hard to, I think like it's, if anything, it really helps people understand how the publishing process worked when you had to like kind of answer that question a thousand times. Right. Because people, I mean, it's such a mystery to non-published people how right. everything kind of functions. So I feel like if somebody did buy one and it was the old cardstock, they'd immediately go to you and you're like, no, if it, if I sent it to you, then I could fix it. But, but I can't, this yeah. is not related to me anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, I think even for me, it was hard to um, wrap my head around how little control I was going to have over that sort of stuff. Because um, with Quarto, who own the deck, I, they're great. I love them. But it was also their first deck. Oh, right? yeah. So okay. they didn't, they were just testing the water too, right? And then it happened to blow up. And <laughs> oh, well, if you made no. a less beautiful, wonderful deck, then <laughs> it wouldn't be a problem. I just need to make ugly things now. Yeah, exactly. I, oh. although I do feel like if, even if you tried, because so many other people would think that just like, full-blown bones and like creepy memorabilia wouldn't make a great (laughs) (laughs) but it totally does Yay! that version of an ugly deck for you would have to be like I don't even know because you could do like creepy Victorian in any which way and people would be into it there's like Care Bears maybe people would be (laughs) it would be very different If you did a Care Bear deck, it would be somehow also just really, really good and creepy. Yeah, it would. Yeah. I have an idea now in my head. Yes. Yes. A murderous Care Bear idea. (laughs) We'll have to come up with some janky wish name for that just so that (laughs) the Care Bear people don't sue you. Murder Bears? Murder Murder Bears. Bears. I love Murder Bears. Very on brand. Yes. <laughs> okay, I want us to talk about Memento Mori because oh, I'm yeah. absolutely obsessed with this deck. Mm-hmm. You yes. have no idea how obsessed I am with this deck. Yay. I'm holding it in my hands right now. Me Same too. right now. Me too. <laughs> oh, look at us. This was You've completed planned. the trifecta. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, 
I don't know what, like, I'm just so excited about Memento Mori. I don't know where to start to ask. So, like, okay. maybe start with, like, the inspiration of Memento Mori and kind of how it developed from there. Um, okay. So, when I was in Scotland uh, in October in 2018, I spent a lot of time in the graveyards, um, mostly grave Gravefriars Kirkyard, which yes, is like, okay. I love that place. Right? It's amazing. It's, isn't the creepiest thing about it, though, the fact that there's like a schoolyard right next door filled with screaming children? <laughs> uh, maybe for like most people, yeah. <laughs> for me, I was I, like, there's too many children screaming in this graveyard. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, oh, I just loved it there. And I was looking at all the different, um, symbols on the graves and bought a book on what they all mean and I was like oh my god this would make the best deck ever and that's how it started oh, oh I love that mm-hmm. did you know when you kind of when it was first sort of like I don't know in the beginning stages in your brain that you wanted to do a Lenormand style for the first 36 cards or is that something that sort of developed after um I want to say it came after but only because people had asked for a Lenormand. Oh, okay. And I didn't want to do two separate things. I just, I was Mm -hmm. tired. I I wanted (laughs) to put them together and just have something that could function either way. And I think it still kind of confuses people because, again, that's not been done either. So people are learning as they go. So am I. Like, I'm learning how to do it, too. So, yeah, I think when I first was going through it, I like obviously noticed the different like the differences between sort Mm -hmm. of the standard cards of the Lenormand and the cards that you had associated with them. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to the back of the booklet, you're like, oh, my God, that is genius to have the obelisk be mountains because, Mm -hmm. yeah, obelisks like kind of even if I mean I always think of the main obelisk in our lives as like Americans is the Washington Monument and mountains are about delay and stuff being in the way and the whole lore about the Washington Monument which is Mm -hmm. the biggest obelisk I've ever seen is about delay and like all of those (laughs) things too so Mm -hmm. even if you have to sort of like think about it kind of abstractly to see like the actual physical shape that makes them similar. There's also sort of lore shape within it too. And I think that that's like the strength of the whole deck is that you're both drawing on your definitions, like as the creator and how you see it, Mm -hmm. but also all of us, I mean, and a lot of times without us being that interested in it, experience a lot of these symbols of death in our lives, just being humans and culture And so we all have our own associations too. And I think that that is like really well done with this deck specifically where the cards are so broad. Like there's so many cards in the deck that it really gives people such an opportunity to utilize their own experience, like lived experiences of these symbols and also sort of the more like technical definitions as well. I really like that. See, like I wouldn't, I don't know anything about the, Washington Monument? Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. But like, that's so cool. So now in my head, I'm going to start seeing it that way. And I like that people can put their own little stories in there. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that that's really cool because I feel like maybe with the proliferation of tarot decks and, you know, so many people teaching you how to do tarot, mm-hmm. it I think a lot of the times people start, oh, like, especially beginners can feel like they need somebody to tell them what everything means. Oh, yeah. 
yeah. rather than sort of that, like, you know, internal exploration that makes you understand everything more deeply and a card that's the, and cards that can be so abstract mm-hmm. and like, you know, interpretable really help us as people who want people to learn how to do these things and trust their intuition to say like, here's, you know, here's your chance to really dig into yourself and think about what, you know, a mirror makes you think of, or, right. you know, a candle makes you think of or whatever. I, I, I think especially, yeah, beginners, I love writing for beginners, blah, blah, blah. But I also <laughs> don't want to give beginners too much because mm-hmm. you have to rely on yourself because that's what, especially Oracle reading, that's what it is. Yeah. It's, right. You, it has to come from within you. And usually your first instinct is the right one. So just go mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And when people start to think that they're doing it wrong, mm-hmm. it becomes less fun. Like if mm-hmm. you're reading and you're like, oh, I know that I interpreted that wrong, which is sort of like sometimes Esther and I have talked about this before, but like when you're reading tarot and you're just starting out and you're like, you know, you hear seven of swords or something and you don't Im- immediately envision the symbolism in it. And you're kind of like, or you see the symbolism and you're not immediately thinking of the definitions and you just kind of go based on feeling. And then later you're like, that wasn't what the seven of swords meant at all. I don't know what I was doing, (laughs) but because that's kind of like what your gut was telling you, that still makes it part of a valid reading. Right. Yeah. So I think that that's really cool. I agree. And I just appreciate that you've taught me how to read Roman numerals since I did not learn (laughs) properly in the fourth grade. So neither did I. So I'm like, so I know I had a few typos in like the original booklet which I've Mm -hmm. gotten new ones since then but like I'm still scared that I've like totally messed up (laughs) (laughs) you're like what does the L mean (laughs) I was like I well someone asked me they were like so what is L you know L V Mm -hmm. like one or whatever I was like I think it's are we both looking at scissors right now yeah (laughs) I was like L is I think 50 V is five and one is six okay I think it's I think it's 56 I'm gonna go with 56 Claire, you've mentioned to me that you have this kind of like vision of eventually adding like little tiny add-on decks to right. this, like, Aww. you know, Buffy themed or yep. whatever, kind of like pop culture things. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So I know I said I wasn't like working on anything, but I like am working. <laughs> just exploring. That's what it is. You're not yes. like working. You're just exploring. I'm basically like just trying out little things like the other day i made a ghost card and i want that to go somewhere and i've been working on like yeah a vampire like themed expansion that is such a great (laughs) idea i love it so much (laughs) because the deck feels super super complete but if somebody gives me the chance to just get a nerdy nerdy expansion pack to Mm -hmm. a deck i already love i'm obviously going to yeah (laughs) right and i feel like It'll work a little bit better than oddities, which is, you know, 30 cards a piece, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, This is like, you can get the deck and it's done and you don't have to worry about it. But if you want, here are 25 more cards or 15 more cards. Yeah, yeah. totally. I think that that's a really good way to do it. And Mm -hmm. since it is such a complete deck already, you're totally right. There won't be quite the same, like completionism issues that people right had with mm-hmm. oddities oh yeah <laughs> have you been getting fewer questions about oddities now that memento mori is out in the world yes and no there are still like the die hard oddities people oh. um <laughs> who, 
I have been keeping it in print with like um, Everyday Magic and Phoenix and Lotus just for those people. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I would like to eventually stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> stop dealing with it. But I know if I take it away, there are going to be people that are upset. And like when you create stuff, you don't want anyone to be upset or feel like they missed out on something that they want. Like it's the totally. worst feeling. Yeah you know yeah totally i'm trying to figure out like what to do there like do i eventually do one big super deck but then does that annoy the people who have bought the three editions or claire i don't know if you listened to yesterday's episode of wildly tarot podcast this podcast that esther and i do uh once a week (laughs) (laughs) uh but we are both we both are reading this book about perfectionism that i think maybe (laughs) help you too (laughs) Because I totally understand. We don't ever want people to be like disappointed or upset because of a decision that we made. (laughs) And I completely relate. (laughs) Yeah. It is so hard. Yeah. It's like I want everyone to feel like they're getting enough of me, basically. Like that makes me sound like a lunatic because it's not like I'm some high demand (laughs) person. But you know what I mean? Like you never want to make a decision that then people later are like, oh, man, why did you do that thing that's now impacting me? Right. (laughs) Right. Um, And I feel (laughs) to bring it back here again, I feel like because people were so mad about the cardstock that (laughs) like if I take something away from them, they're just going to like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, crucify me. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, you're like, there's only so much protection, you know, I can put up around my house, exactly. or maybe it's just to be like rationed, like Christmas. Like you can only have it one time a year, mm. and then once that one time a year is done, you have to wait till next year, and Ooh, so like you don't that. have to think about too much. I mean, that's why we have to do pre-orders of decks, right? Because you yeah, only afford true. to buy a bunch of decks every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I can't get the decks that we need to send out for Wildly Lenormand unless we do pre-orders. I'm not, I can't float that cost. (laughs) I totally understand that feeling. (laughs) Sometimes I, like, I saw in a Facebook group today, I think it might have been for the love of cards or something. It was a good, like, one that I really like, but they... Somebody posted that a friend of theirs had died and left them with 2,000 copies of the deck that they'd created. And my brain was like, (laughs) having 2,000 copies of your deck on hand when you die? Wow. That was like a curse to put on a friend. (laughs) Right? 2,000 copies. Like now you have to deal with these 2,000 copies that I couldn't How did get they get that money to I buy 2,000 copies? I know. That's crazy. I think that's, that's the volume. most, like the most I've ever had on hand was 1,000. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and most Kickstarters sell like 1,000 decks is like they what they kind of their goal is. Right. So to have 2,000 just on hand that you've, you know, not sold. Whoa. Where did yeah. you store them all when you had 2,000? You, you mean 1,000. 1, oh, yeah. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> 1,000. <laughs> what are numbers? None of this matters. <laughs> so I have um, about 400 Memento Mori right now. Um, they're just – so I have a bookshelf that I work off of. So anything that's going out. And then I have like a loft and they're in boxes oh. up there. Smart. Yeah. Great yeah, it's it. like it's we are having to kind of yeah, we the most we've ever had is currently because we bought a hundred Lenormans mm-hmm. and fifty 
tarots because the tarots have been going pretty well lately also. Mm-hmm. And in the past, we've been like doing just kind of 100 at a time of any of the of the tarot decks or 50 just kind of as we sell them. That's so usually this what the- I do, too. Yeah, it's kind of it's less scary because you're it's like more manageable. This is yeah. enough that that I can handle. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I had to like buy a piece of furniture for Den <laughs> because I was like my old method of just using the actual box that the decks came in to store yeah. them all like is just not gonna work the way that I'd like it to. <laughs> right. Yeah. Plus, I find so if I have them on my bookshelf and I can see them. It's like a weird type A thing. Like I feel motivated to then sell them. Yeah, totally. I want yeah. to put new things on my bookshelf. You know? <laughs> yeah, you, have, you need all that space for skulls and crystals and stuff. Exactly. <laughs> and I love how your boyfriend seems to surprise you with like lots of cool like spooky <laughs> gifts. I- <laughs> my husband has not realized that that's my like one of my. Th- favorite things ever and right. so he of course like here it's a little bit di- more difficult to get spoopy things but mm-hmm. i was just like in your stories the other day i was like oh that's so sweet <gasps> yeah I got you a gas mask <laughs> right like, <laughs> i thought it was so cool he like actually so i live in a building that's like full of weirdos and he found it <laughs> just on the stairwell free for anyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> That actually kind of reminds me a tiny bit of a question that we got from one of our listeners that made me laugh so hard when I read it that I was like, we obviously have to ask Claire this question. Uh, It's from our friend Logan. And he said, if you if Claire had to make a deal with a crossroads demon, what would it be for? Oh, Oh, man. What's something I would make a deal for? You know what? Probably to be able to buy 2000 decks. Right, that's not as exciting as you probably hope. But you know, the demon would probably go for it. I I feel like you may have already accidentally made a deal with some sort of demon or fay or something by taking a gas mask that was abandoned on a stairway, or at least, or at least your boyfriend did. Maybe it's on him. He can figure out a way to appease them. Oh, I totally need to send you a picture of it right now, actually, because I did something even worse with it. Um, Oh yes. I will send yes. it to the Wildly Tarot. I am logging in there right now in anticipation for this moment. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. <sighs> I think that just having like slight creepy oh moments gosh. throughout your house is just a really great. <laughs> I love this. Oh my gosh. This is so, this is so cool. Mine hasn't loaded yet. <laughs> I feel so left out. FOMO, FOMO. <laughs> I got a new phone and I swear to God that the Gmail app does not work as well on this phone as it did on my last phone. She sent to us on Instagram in the Wally Tarot. Oh, Instagram. thank you. So I'm just. That's why not, you're not seeing it. You know, I'm just <laughs> Wrong platform. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'm so tired of staring at screens all day. <laughs> oh, my God. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. Can we I share this on Instagram at some point when we do this episode? Maybe you can. I I can take a more more better a daylight picture. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of way creepier and like it's super low creepy light. Like this. It's fine. This is great. I love it. That's so hilarious. Much. Yeah. Oh. 
where else would you keep a mask other than a face, you know? Exactly. Well, I thought maybe he'd like to have a face. For figuring ahead of time. (laughs) It's his chance. I love that. So, so good. So we had the one question for this episode. And then if you would like to hear additional questions with Claire, you can head to our Patreon. (laughs) Yay!